Welcome to Heads Up on Money, the heads up you need to make better financial choices. Hello and welcome to Heads Up on Money. In today's episode, we cover understanding your payslip. Welcome money nerds, welcome money novices, everyone is welcome here. Today we're talking about understanding your payslip and getting your head around that little bit of paper that you get every month from your employer that summarizes a lot of financial information and you file away in a drawer somewhere. If you are a bit daunted by your payslip, you have no idea what half of it means, then this is the podcast for you. We're going to debunk and dissect what is on your payslip so that the next time you get one, you are a money nerd. Why bother with any of this in the first place? Well, for many of us, our salaried income, the money we get from our employers, is the bread and butter when it comes to our financial life plan, especially if we're in the pre-retirement phase of our life. And there will be some out there who do have other forms of income, such as dividend income from a portfolio, from the companies, the equities they own. If they achieve financial returns, then this will often be returned to you, the end investor, in the form of dividends. That can be an income. Or you might have a rental property that you rent out, a second property, buy to let. But for many of us, it is our employment income that's where it starts and where it ends. So getting a proper understanding of what that payslip means really is crucial. And unless you are a money nerd already, I'm going to predict that the behaviour pattern that has normally played out is you would have received paper copies of these payslips, HR, your payroll department will have handed these to you, You've glanced in the bottom right-hand corner to make sure the net amount you're taking home that month is broadly accurate, feels accurate, looks similar to last month. And then you typically just shove that payslip in a drawer, uh, best case scenario, worst case in the bin. And you probably don't think about the deductions that are happening on that payslip. You, again, really just focus on the net amount because that's what ends up in the bank and that's what you can enjoy and live on. So why wouldn't you focus on that? And these days we tend to get our payslips electronically from HR, uh, log in to a employee portal, and typically have found people take an even less um, active involvement in checking their payslips when this was brought in. So it's no wonder that many of us don't really understand what a payslip is, and certainly the content that's on it just confuses us. But spoiler alert, here's the heads up, it's not as complicated or overwhelming as it might seem, and by understanding just a couple of fundamental concepts that are on your payslip can really get you ahead of the crowd. Why should I bother, I hear you ask? Well, if you've got an understanding of what should be on your payslip and the various deductions that are occurring on your payslip, if something doesn't look right, if you identify there's an error on that and you rectify that quicker, that means ultimately you could end up with more net money today, more money to you right now that you can enjoy. Taking a passive approach and just assuming it'll all work out in the end is the easier approach, admittedly, but you don't need to be an expert to be hot on this. You just need to understand the fundamentals, and at the end of this podcast, you will. And HR departments, payroll departments, take a step back on this, and they'll often say to you that it's your responsibility to understand your payslip. It's not for us to go into the minutiae of every one of your payslips. You need to understand you're getting the right tax you're paying the appropriate amount of national insurance, your pension contributions are correct. So it really is on you. 
So what we're going to do first of all, as we often do as Heads Up Money nerds, is we're going to take a big step back. And let's dissect the fundamentals, each constituent element, and then understand where that fits into the overall structure of your payslip. So point number one, with your payslip, you're pretty much an anonymous identity. You, as your name, Joe Bloggs, Jane Bloggs, is fairly irrelevant here. You are instead categorised and identified with numbers. You'll probably see a couple of different codes on your payslip that have identified you as an individual, and these are typically your national insurance number and your tax code. Your national insurance number is basically used to track and record your national insurance contributions that are taken from your pay each month, with the end goal being that you have enough paid up into that bank so that when you do reach pension age, state pension age, you can have a state pension from the government because you've basically paid into the bank that allows you to then strip from the bank at the relevant age. National insurance numbers are a bit easier to understand because you have one and only This is your national insurance number that will carry throughout your life. You switch employers that will move with you. That is your identity. That is your brand in the eyes of the government. But when it comes to your tax code, that's often more confusing because it changes all the time. Often you might get bits of paperwork through the same tax year that inform you your tax code has changed slightly. And it often seems to be a random jumble of numbers and letters And it's no wonder that when we get this from HMRC or we see this on our payslip, we just raise those gates and switch off. Your tax code, at its very simplest, basically tells your employer or your pension provider what is your unique tax situation. Are you a nil rate taxpayer? Are you a basic rate taxpayer? Do you pay tax at higher or additional rates? Are you receiving the full personal allowance? Do you receive a fraction of that? Do you receive more than the personal allowance? And it can be pretty daunting because there are so many different iterations of what your tax code can be. However, breaking it down, you'll see that your tax code starts with a series of numbers and is followed by a letter. Key in understanding what the numbers mean, first of all, is the concept of the personal allowance. The personal allowance, I hear you ask, well... The personal allowance is basically just the amount you can earn in a tax year without paying any tax whatsoever. So it changes from year to year depending on government budgets. At the moment, at the time of recording, it's £12,570. And this basically means you could earn £12,570 of income from your employer and you wouldn't have to pay a penny of tax on that because it's covered by the personal allowance. It's basically the tax freebie that the government give you. Now the convention on a payslip is that those figures 12,570 will be the starting figures on your payslip minus the final figure which is the zero. So it will typically be 1257. That's where those figures come from. They're not random, they're tied to the personal allowance. So you've now got a measure of that. Now where it gets slightly more complicated is the letter after your payslip. Now there's lots of different variations on this and I'll include a link to a really helpful HMRC page which outlines what the various letters mean. Have a look at your payslip and cross-reference it with this list. Fundamentally what the letter does is it makes an alteration to your personal allowance. So if you've got the letter L for example then that means you're plain and simple, you're entitled to the full standard personal allowance, so your tax code would be 1257L. But it's not as simple as that, there's a whole raft of different letters that can follow your personal allowance numbers, 
And again, it's out with the scope of the podcast to go into every one of these in detail. But as I said, if you have a look on your payslip and check it against the link that I'll copy in the show notes. Again, there are so many different iterations of the tax codes that can apply to you. However, there are a couple that you really should be mindful of and keep an eye out for. And those are the emergency tax codes M1 or W1. M in this context stands for month or monthly, and W, weekly, as you'd expect. And what they mean basically for you is your tax is non-cumulative in that period. Okay, what does that mean? Well, if you were to start a job halfway through the tax year and you had not earned any other income in that tax year, then technically speaking, you should have a good amount of your personal allowance free because you haven't had any other income. However, when you have these tax codes, it basically means your payroll are only looking at your pay in that period. So tax is only calculated on the pay received in that specific time period. So it can be in that month, if it's monthly, you get paid, or weekly, it'd be in that week. So no account is taken of previous earnings earned in that tax year. So when you've got the M1 or W1 tax code, It can sometimes seem like you're earning more money than you might have done in the tax year. So have a look at your payslip, everyone, and just check what is my tax code. And now when you see those numbers and you see some letters after them, you now know what they mean and whether they are appropriate for your situation. So let's assume HMRC, your payroll department, have the accurate tax code for you and everything is going to be working as it should be. You're receiving the correct amount of your personal allowance If there are any changes, tweaks to your personal allowance via that letter that comes after it, then that is going to be accurate. So what then does this mean for your payslip? So you receive gross pay every month. This is a basic concept. Whether you've got your salary paid to you monthly, weekly, fortnightly, you can pro rata work out what exactly is your gross pay. You know, it's as simple as saying if you earn £20,000 a year, your monthly gross pay will be a twelfth of that if you're paid monthly. Now, sadly, that gross pay, the headline figure, the top of the payslip, changes quite a lot when it gets to that bottom right-hand corner and telling you what you're actually taking home in the net take-home pay each month. So this really is what we're going to chat about now, is looking at what are these deductions, what are these alterations, what occurs that basically means your gross pay reduces, reduces down, and ultimately ends up with the net pay each month. Now, before we get into things like income tax you'll see there might be some deductions on your payslip which come off before you pay any income tax. And typically, the most common of these will be things like your pension contributions and any charitable donations you might be making through work through your payroll department. So there isn't really too much to say around your charitable contributions, but when it comes to pension contributions, there is a bit more we can discuss here. So as you'll be aware, you will be paying a percentage of your salary every month into typically your employer's workplace pension scheme. Now, the caveat is that different employers run different pension schemes. Some employers might run what's called a defined benefit pension scheme. So these types of pensions are typically offered by public employers like the NHS or the teacher's pension is another big one. And getting into the intricacies of defined benefit pensions, again, is out with the scope of today. But going back to the payslip, well... If you're a member of these types of pension schemes, then your pension deductions will be made 
at the gross level before you pay any kind of income tax. And this is why financial professionals like myself always harp on about the importance of pensions. It's because they work great for tomorrow, but they also are brilliant for today. The reason they're good for tomorrow is they lock away some of your future wealth for the future you to enjoy. But the reason they're good for today is you get tax relief on those contributions. So what does that mean? Well, it basically means that your pension contributions take care of themselves and then you pay income tax on a lesser amount. Let's keep it simple. If you were paid £30,000 a year, you would only be charged relevant income tax on the amount after you've made your pension contributions. So pension contributions get taken out and only then will you pay income tax. So that means your salary is a bit lower, so you will pay less in tax. And one of the good things about divine benefit pensions from a simplicity perspective is that everything is sort of taken care of through your payslip. So if you're a basic rate taxpayer or a higher rate taxpayer, whatever your situation is, you will be receiving the relevant amount of tax relief via your pension contributions. It will all be taken care of for you. You will be receiving the appropriate level of tax relief that is relevant to you. Now, for the other type of pension that some employers offer, this is called defined contribution pensions, and it's much more common in today's workplace that these are offered compared with costly defined benefit schemes because the onus is moved away from the employer and the risk is not on the employer, but instead it's on you as employees to manage your pensions in a good way. So it's fairly likely, unless you're a member of a public sector organisation, that you will have a defined contribution pension. Now we'll cover the intricacies of what that means in a further podcast, but for today, what does it mean for your payslip? So if your employer runs a defined contribution pension scheme, there will typically be two different ways in which that is set up and they mean different things for your payslip. So the heads up is that there are two schemes. One is called a net pay scheme and the other is called a relief at source scheme. So that's net pay and relief at source. In a net pay scheme, contributions to your pension are deducted from your gross salary before tax has been charged. So this is very similar to the public sector examples in that you'd make a pension contribution at the very outset and then you will be charged income tax after you have made the pension contribution. So in this way, regardless if you're a basic rate or a higher rate taxpayer, you will be receiving the appropriate amount of tax relief on your pension contributions via your payslip. Now, in a relief at source scheme, it's slightly different and the pension contributions are deducted from your net salary. So you have your gross amount of salary, you will pay income tax on that gross amount of salary, and then the net amount will be used to make a pension contribution. So you may now be thinking, hey, this is a bit unfair. So you're telling me if it's a net pay scheme, then... I will pay less in income tax, but if it's a relief at source scheme, I'll pay more in tax. Is is that right? Now we can go into the intricacies of each scheme in another podcast, but for now, I would say just don't worry. It's as broad as it is long. You do get the relevant amount of tax relief you should be entitled to under both schemes. The only difference really is in the administration of how the schemes are set up. What this means is sometimes your pension contributions will appear on your payslip deducted from your gross salary, and then you'll pay income tax. And in other situations, your contribution to your pension will be taken after you've paid income tax. So that's just a bit of a heads up on that. Depending on the actual type of pension scheme that your employer runs, that will tell you where the deduction is made in your payslip. 
Now there is a minor inconsistency out there called a net pay anomaly, which the government are trying to address, which basically means that if you're a non-taxpayer, then being part of a net pay scheme is disadvantageous to you because you're not getting tax relief in your pension contributions because you're a nil rate taxpayer, whereas if you were operating under a relief at source pension scheme, you would be getting basic rate tax relief on your contributions. So this is something the government are looking at. It's called the net pay anomaly. If you want to do any further reading on that, I would urge you not to be worried about that at the moment. It applies to a small bank of people in that if you are a nil rate taxpayer and you're a member of a net pay scheme, then that applies to you. But otherwise, try not to be worried about it. The final point I'll make around pension contributions and your pay slip is that your employer might be running something called salary sacrifice. Now, there will be a separate podcast on this, but for now, what you need to know is if your employer does run a salary sacrifice arrangement whereby instead of you making pension contributions, your employer pays you less in salary so that you sacrifice some of your salary and the employer will then put more into your pension as a result. But what this means for now is that when you make a salary sacrifice contribution, it's taken from your gross salary and only then you will be charged income tax on the remainder. So again, this is a simpler option because you're getting all the tax relief that you're entitled to via your payroll. So we've talked about pension contributions and charitable donations and the resultant income tax you'll pay on the back of that. Another one of the biggies that's deducted from your payslip every month is your national insurance deductions, which are tied to that national insurance number that I referred to at the start of the episode. National insurance contributions are effectively your tickets to the state pension and you'll be charged national insurance at varying levels depending on the level of income you earn but basically what you need to know now is that it's collected on your gross salary. So if you are earning £50,000 a year gross, national insurance will be levied based on that as being your gross salary. There's no need to worry about making pension contributions here and gross versus net pay So typically speaking, these are the main deductions you will receive on your payslip. You'll have your gross pay, you'll have some pension contributions, you'll have some income tax, and you'll have some national insurance, and that typically will then be where you arrive at in terms of that net pay figure in the bottom right corner and the money you get to enjoy every month. There will be some other things displayed on your payslip. There will be things like how much you've earned cumulatively in the current tax year, And as a reminder, the tax year does not run from January to December. It runs from April to April. It's not a typical calendar year. There will often be running totals on your payslip, looking at how much you've earned in that tax year, how much you've made in the way of pension contributions in that tax year. It might also show you how much your employer's been paying into your pension for you. Again, another episode, but you need to be aware that it's not just you that pay into your workplace pension. Your employer will be paying into, or they should be paying into, and your payslip sometimes can show this. So it might list employee contributions cumulatively and employer contributions cumulatively. have it you now should be a money nerd on your payslip and next time your employer hands you one don't disregard it don't put up the gates and don't let the alarm bell sound instead have a glance over it you'll see a lot of these concepts that i've talked about in the podcast today 
and they're not to be feared. They are valuable pieces of information that are key in determining how much you get in your hand every month. And yes, we've covered a few more detailed concepts today, such as the types of pension your employer might run, what that means for your tax relief, what that means for your pension contributions. But the key takeaway today, the key heads up I want you to have taken is that when you get your payslip, you will know what these deductions mean and what they relate to. And if you've got your head around that, that really is half the battle and you are fast on your way to reaching money nerd status on your payslip. And before we bring another episode to a close, it's time again for the silly question of the week. And it's a fitting one this week because we're talking about what is the difference between a P45 and a P60? So your P45, first of all, that shows how much tax a national insurance was paid for you by your employer for that tax year up until the date that you left that employment. So your P45 is tied to your employer. If you leave in September, October, whatever it might be, you will get a P45 from the employer showing how much they have paid in tax for you. Your P60, on the other hand, well, that shows your salary and tax for the whole tax year including how much you were paid, how much tax you've been paid, how much you've paid in student loans or national insurance deductions. It basically is an annual statement of your your payroll. Think of it like that. And you'll receive a P60 every year. So if you stay with the same employer for 10 years, you may not have received a P45, but you will receive a P60 every year. It can be quite hard to remember the differences between the two, so a little tip on how I remember it is a P60 sounds like 360. And if you do a 360, you've done an entire loop on yourself, and that's what a P60 is. It's an entire loop of a tax year. So 360, P60. Remember that, and hopefully that will make things a bit simpler in the future when you're talking about the differences of P60s and P45s. And that's it. Another episode draws to a close. I'm conscious it's been a bit of a longer episode this week, and... There is a lot of really meaty content you can get stuck into around payslips and I've tried to keep it to the salient points and just give you the heads up that you need. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. If you have, please leave me a rating, please leave me a review and I look forward to chatting to you next time. (music) 